Hello, and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel, and today I'm joined by a meditation teacher, yoga instructor, and Reiki master, Greg Hendricks. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give it a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Alrighty, let's jump into it. Hello, Greg. I'm so stoked to have you here. I'm so stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. This is a wonderful experience already, so thank you. (laughs) Yay! So I've been looking forward to this since we honestly first connected. Instantly, I was like, oh my goodness, this is the Reiki master I've been looking for. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, it's so excited to have you here. This topic is so rich. There's so much to it, and our listeners are in for a real treat today, that's for sure. Oh, I've been a longtime listener myself. So when I first met you, I was like, this is the face to the voice that I've heard for so long. So I'm just, I'm thrilled and I'm happy to share my gifts. And that's what we're all about here at the Soul Full of the Podcast. Because <laughs> yeah. you're so full of gifts and I'm so full of puns. And here we are meeting and it's amazing. So to kick us off, we do have an astrology and tarot segment on the podcast So I always invite our guests to share their sun, moon, and rising signs with our listeners. So what are your sun, moon, and rising signs? Yeah, my sun sign is I'm a Capricorn. My moon sign, I have a Libra moon, and I have a Sagittarius rising sign. Woohoo! And I got that Sagittarius sun, so I felt that. Oh, cool. (laughs) I love my Sag rising folks. They're extra special in my heart. But I'm biased, obviously. Can't help it. (laughs) So I always put together a quick little sentence to kind of give our listeners an insight into who you are before we really get to tell them who Mm. you are in Mm. this episode. So that sentence for you is that you are the grounded mentor, which is your Capricorn sun Mm -hmm. with the soul of the peacemaker. That's your Libra moon who appears to the world as the freedom seeker. Which is your Sagittarius rising. What? I love that. (laughs) Yeah? Did you think it was accurate? Yes, very accurate. Like, all aspects of myself. That's beautiful. I've heard these sentences before because I'm a huge listener. And to hear my own, I'm so excited for this. And it really does fit. So, (laughs) that's awesome. The magic of astrology is just never ending. It's like it works or something like that. It's like it's real or something. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) Somebody get me a natal chart because I'm ready to take a look. Oh my gosh, this episode would be so long if I was looking at your natal chart. So much fun. We'll get there, though. We'll get there. Cool. So this episode is going to be focusing on Reiki, which is honestly just one of so many different pieces of your magic. So right out the gate, we already know that you're coming back (laughs) at some point. So listeners who really love this episode, which is D, all of the above, I know. Uh, Don't worry, he will be back again, and it's going to be fucking epic, just like it is right now. And so to start us off, let's just get some building blocks down Mm. for Reiki. Some folks are super versed in it. Some people have never heard of it. Mm. Myself, I've heard of Reiki and I have friends who are Reiki masters. Mm. But the concept is still something that feels like really hard to grasp Mm -hmm. for some reason. Maybe it's because it's all this like love. And I'm like, well, sometimes sometimes I'm guarded to love, (laughs) you know, and I have a big heart because once I love, I love 100 percent, too. So there's that as well. So I'm really, really intrigued by the topic, and I want to make sure that our listeners who are tuning in right now know that even if you know nothing, mm-hmm. this episode is for you. Yeah. And even if you think you know everything about Reiki, mm-hmm. this episode is for you. Yeah. So my first question for you is, what is your personal definition of Reiki? Mm, my personal definition of Reiki 
is universal love energy. The quote-unquote standard definition of Reiki is it's broken down into two words or broken up into two words. It's Rei, which is um, psyche. It is soul. So for if soul is too woo-woo, which it shouldn't be because this is so full of a podcast, yeah. just think of that as your psyche, as your consciousness. And then key is the energy. If Think of energy as the ability to do work, the ability to move through space, the ability to love. So when I think of energy, I like to think of it as love. So that's my personal definition of Reiki. It's universal love energy. Wow. I feel yeah. like we could change the name of this podcast to Ray Full of Key. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and wait, that would kind of be accurate because yeah. Ray is soul. So that'd be soulful of Key. Key is kind of it, everything. Yeah. I don't know. We're changing oh. the name, guys. Watch out. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, oh, not a- until I'm a Reiki master. And I am, I'm not there yet. <laughs> We'll get there eventually. Uh, it, yeah, you'll probably be the person to help me with oh, that. I will attune you. Ah, amazing. I, I could tell our listeners to attune in. <laughs> We're all going to get attuned together. Oh, my gosh. The, pu- the puns are already here, guys. Watch out. Okay, so I love that definition, oh, by the way. Thanks. That's fantastic. It's a great building block to start with. Yeah. So when we first chatted before we started recording, mm-hmm. I was surprised to hear that there is more than one type of Reiki What kind of Reiki have you learned? Yeah. So there are so many different types of Reiki. I myself have learned the traditional Usui-based lineage of Reiki. I've also learned Karuna Reiki, which is more Eastern Reiki, mean the compassionate suffering Reiki. So it is compassion born from seeing suffering, whereas universal energy is the Usui brand. Compassion is sort of loving just a different way to love uh, through empathy rather than just energy. Then I've also been attuned to Holy Fire Reiki. That comes from a transmission rather than attunement, which is pretty fun. And the Art Reiki, which is advanced Reiki training as well. So that's four different kinds. Yeah. And what, okay, Asui or Yasui? Usui. Usui. Oh my gosh, I didn't get it right. Usui. (laughs) Yes. Usui. So much fun to say. What was the other one that had a cool name? Karuna. Karuna. Yeah. Cool. And I'm just repeating those partially because I didn't get them right (laughs) the first time, but also so that our listeners can go like Google or look that up since they are different and maybe compare. Yeah. What would you say are like the biggest differences between those just having the Mm. knowledge of all four? Yeah. So with traditional Usui Reiki, there are four symbols and that's kind of when people talk about being Reiki masters, Reiki practitioners, that's what normal people are generally talking about is Mm. Usui Reiki. It deals with creation. It deals with emotional healing. It deals with distance and it deals with enlightenment, the accumulation or assimilation of all of the wisdom of yourself and universe and bringing that into the present moment. So that can be applicable to so many different things. Karuna Reiki is dealing with also time, so distance and space. It deals with peace, so peace within the present moment, and it deals also with creation. So they're they're very, very similar, but different in the symbols themselves that the practitioner uses to meditate on and transmit over the person. Like there is Shanti within the Karuna, which is a Sanskrit word, which many yogis will know about, meaning Mm. peace. There's also Om within that system as well. So one is definitely not better than the other, but someone generally will resonate more with one or the other. 
Well, then this yeah. is a good question. Mm-hmm. Out of the four, is there one that you tend to lean more towards or use more in mm-hmm. practice? When I first became a Reiki master, they say use them every day. So I actually draw all the symbols every day. It really depends on what I'm going through personally about kind of that guides my preference towards it. So I have to say, no, I really love them all. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. That's yeah. different than like me with tarot decks because I feel like when I'm in a groove with a tarot deck, the other mm-hmm. one is like, you're dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still love you and I'll come back and use you at some point. But I have noticed that I choose favorites for chapters oh. in my life. So I was curious if that was the same for you and Reiki. So it's interesting that you are mm-hmm. using all the different symbols. So on an mm-hmm. average day, how many symbols or different symbols do you think you're drawing? Around 20 are my favorite. Mm. There's like 50 symbols that I could draw, but 20 daily symbols is what I draw. That's amazing. Yeah. And is there a way to use Reiki without drawing them? Mm, Yes. So you can meditate on it. You can visualize it with your eyes. A really wonderful practice. One that is one of my favorites is actually using your Dantian. And that is Samanavayu or your Manipurna, your kind of solar plexus plus belly. So if you think of a silver cord coming out of your belly button, that is your Dantian. And if you can contract that space, you can actually draw almost like a belly dancer. You can draw mm. the symbols with your belly. So not, yeah, you I'm, do it. I'm literally moving my belly right now. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, what happens if I suck it in and push it out? Uh, yeah. Granted, I don't know any of the symbols. So hopefully I'm not like conjuring up a demon right now. Can you imagine? God, I hope there's not symbols for demons. I would be so fucked. Because what I just did with my belly was straight up fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah. well let's just go sh- to show that you can be doing reiki without knowing it i yeah, think right absolutely even just meditating upon the symbol and drawing it with your eyes is a powerful practice i love that this mm-hmm. is all just so freaking insightful and we're just at the beginning of this iceberg <laughs> so i know that there are also different levels of mm. reiki so i'm curious if you can give us some insight on those different levels and where you're at personally so that's kind of two questions (laughs) yeah so there are traditionally three levels of reiki when you're talking about traditional reiki there is reiki one which is you know two symbols you can do it on yourself you know chokure and seiheiki and those are dealing with creating and resolving any blocks and then also emotional healing then on level two you learn hanshan zushosen which is a distance healing symbol and that way you can project healing. You can start to do healing on other people and other countries or even in the same room. And then the third level is the when you come, quote unquote, a Reiki master, which I like that term to be destigmatized because a master is just participant that is dedicated a certain amount of time to the program. It's a dedicated student is what I consider a master to be. So Mm. when people call themselves Reiki masters, it's not that they're higher than or they're more evolved. At least the Reiki masters that I hang out with, that's not a term. That's what comes on our certificate. We didn't get to choose it. So I just view myself as a dedicated student. But once you get to level three, then you can attune others. So how Reiki is learned is you draw these symbols for weeks until you can get them down perfectly via hand. Mm. And there's a certain location that you have to start. You have to visualize it. It's a very present thing. So it's not 
oh, well, what am I eating today? I'm going to go to Burger King after. Like, no, you are thinking of emotional healing while you're drawing the symbol. Oh, wow. Yeah. And after you've been trained in that way, then the Reiki master attunes you by either distance Reiki or laying their hands on you. And that is when they transmit the lineage that they've learned into your physical body. And then you become a Reiki master. Wow. Yeah freaking epic yeah yeah <laughs> i love that and yeah. that's actually one thing i'm curious about that i'm mm-hmm. gonna sneak this question in mm-hmm. is distance reiki because mm-hmm. i've heard folks i've just seen people online and stuff be like hey if you'd like to do some distance reiki let me know i'm always yeah. like my dms are open and i'm doing distance reiki at xyz price or whatever yeah and i've always been like how does that work mm. from a distance yeah oh i can answer that Yay. question yes <laughs> and to answer your second question i'm a reiki three so mm. a reiki Reiki Master 3, so I can do attunements on others. I've attuned other people. To answer your following question, yes, distance Reiki. So do you know what an MRI is, a magnetic resonance imaging? That is when a wave is going through your body. It's not really measuring your body. It's measuring the magnetic field around it. So we all have magnetic fields around our bodies. That's full stop. Science has shown that. There's also a resonance of the earth called the Schumann resonance. And when groups of people meditate together, that can actually affect the resonance of the earth. Again, full stop. There's studies on that. Whoa. With distance Reiki, there is time between us. Yes, there is distance between us. But if I hold a certain vibration, which a Reiki symbol is, it is a group of people that have meditated on this one symbol that have poured love, energy into that symbol that is supposed to resolve a specific thing. Mm. So that's like me wishing you well, or let's just start with, say, Heiki. That's an emotional healing. So if I picture you in my mind, Carrie, and I will have either a stone, a lot of people use teddy bears, a lot of people use pictures. They place their hands on that picture stone teddy bear, and then they tune into your frequency, into your magnetic field, because it's shown that that can be altered from distance just using thought wave patterns. Again, you'd have to do your own research on it. The science around it is a little bit of weird, but that's where prayer comes from. That's where truly holding a vibration can span through distances, and that's how Reiki works, is that you don't need to be in the exact room with the participant because through space through time we can tune into that field that we all have within us like when you know that your mother's about to call or when Mm. you're close to a dog and you're like this dog is gonna bite me or (laughs) yeah that same (laughs) feeling that same effect can be transmitted through space and that's how reiki works and it's kind of like they say your ears will itch right when someone's talking about you yeah so it's just becoming more tuned in mm-hmm. to that energy do you think that you've deepened your ability to sense things like that mm. to sense like if you are approaching a dog and like this dog is gonna fucking bite me <laughs> like do you think that you've kind of deepened that intuition and ability to have the foresight around that because your energy field is you're constantly tapping into it yes absolutely just through meditation, through Reiki especially, you can feel the fields of energy a lot more. So just like when you go into a convenience store and you feel like, ah, maybe this isn't the best one. Maybe this one's quote unquote sketchy. Mm. You go into a different space in the same part of town or that looks the same, but the energy is different. So absolutely, especially with, I charge crystals with Reiki and such. So I feel as though through this practice, I'm able to kind of tune into those energies a lot easier than I was able to before. 
Wow, this is giving me so many new questions for you that are just coming to, maybe it's the energy. You're yeah. sending some energetic questions yeah. to me. You just said that you charge crystals mm. with Reiki. So I, I feel like that's a whole different rabbit hole I could take us down. But mm-hmm. the question that came into mind was that the example, like you go into a convenience store or something, mm-hmm. would you be able to charge an item? Mm. Like any random item? Like let's say that you worked at the convenience store mm-hmm. and someone came in and they were just like obviously having a shit day mm. and not in a good place and they bought some random item, let's say that it was a keychain. Because mm. I feel like con- convenience stores have keychains. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say that they bought a keychain for some reason. Mm. Would you in that transaction, if you were holding it and like scanning it, be able to charge it with mm. some good energy and then give it to them so that as they left, maybe their day would be better? Yes. Yes. And there's actually fun science on that too so when we're in a certain space for a certain amount of time we leave light particles by and um, that does take time but that can be measured which is really fun i encourage everyone to go research that about oh where are the light particles that i'm leaving so as far as charge it's a it's a really fun question because consent is vitally important with reiki Mm. when when we all start we want to heal everyone we're just like oh i want to do reiki all the time but it's it's really vitally important for us to make sure that the recipient knows that they are getting Reiki. So okay. that, yes. So the answer to your question is yes. There is a saying that we say before charging items or charging places. I hold a lot of Reiki circles and we actually do Reiki healing on actual surfaces on like libraries. I used to hold a Reiki circle in libraries before we charged the entire library with Reiki energy. So I could charge it, but the caveat was would be is that I would have to say, make the recipient of this, if they're open to receiving Reiki, feel the effects of it. Mm. So if that person does have a soul that is looking for help, that does want to be elevated, absolutely, they'd be able to touch the item, get like, oh, whoa, I feel better. Like someone Yay. is wishing me well. Someone does care <laughs> about my emotions. Someone loves me. They'd be able to feel that. Yes. Wow, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Just like leaving little blessings everywhere you go. But also this whole idea about the consent of it is something yeah. that I never thought about that before. Yeah. at all. And I can imagine if I was a Reiki master, if I was attuned and able to attune other people, that I would feel almost a compulsion mm. to heal others. Yeah, I, I definitely did. I was like, well, why do I have to ask? I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. Yeah. Doesn't everyone want help? But my teacher and my mentor continued to tell me that you have to at least have that saying in your mind first of if they are open to receiving it. So we ask as much as we possibly can. But for sometimes the state of the world, for things that matter to us, it does call to our heart, especially places like where the world gets polluted or garbage places. I feel like the world needs help in that way. And the world is always recipient to it. But sometimes the people surrounding and working with it aren't. So that's why it's important to us. Yeah, I guess the one place I'm not asking any consent of is the ocean. Because that shit needs to be cleaned (laughs) up stat. If I was doing Reiki, I'd be sending that to the ocean all the time. Trying to clean all that trash out. Like... It's got to happen. Yeah. So that's that's the one non-consensual uh, Reiki receiver <laughs> yeah. for me. I'm sure I could come up with a few others, but that would take up a whole nother episode. <laughs> so we'll just have to dive into that next time. So I know that you mentioned that there are specific symbols that Reiki uses. Mm. Can you just repeat what the four names of those are and just kind of give us a quick overview of, of what each one is? I know you've kind of mentioned yeah. them here, but just to have it very intentionally in one place for people to digest. Yeah. All right. Reiki symbols. The first one is Chokurei. It looks like a seven with a spiral behind it. And that spiral is symbolic of regeneration, regrowth, and also destruction. So it's kind of 
removing blocks, it's clearing space for alignment. A lot of times a block can prevent us from alignment. So that's what chokure. It's also a charging symbol. So if you are tired at the end of the day, you worked eight hours, you're tired, you can use chokure on a glass of water and at like that, your energy's back up, you're ready to go, you're excited, you're happy. I use that symbol every day. Yeah. <laughs> the second symbol is seheki. And that is all about emotional healing. So if you had a difficult day, not due to labor, but due to just emotional trauma, if you're a first responder, if you're a teacher, teacher in America, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. all of these things. (laughs) Yeah, a beautiful symbol for a teacher. Mm. That would be perfect for you because that one deals with emotional healing. And healing from my definition of it is helping evolve an awareness of love. So that's what I'm meaning when I'm talking about healing. Um, Sometimes it can be like, well, what's healing? But I I refer to it as helping evolve an awareness of love. So when you use seheki, emotionally, there might be a part of you that doesn't love yourself. There might be anger. There might be disappointment in yourself. You might not have responded the way you wanted to, judgment. What Seiheiki does is it says, hey, this part of yourself that you've pushed away, that you've labeled, you don't need to do that. You can bring some love into that space. Yeah, maybe you made a mistake. That's okay. I still love you. So that's what Seiheiki does. It's a beautiful one. What does that one look like? Ooh. um, So that... (laughs) Might be hard to describe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How I learned to draw it was it kind of looks like a brontosaurus. Ooh. Yeah. It's like a reverse seven, but the tip of the seven is really short. The tip of uh, not the long line, but the short line that makes that little L is really short. And then it's another line with almost two mountain hills on the other on the right side. So on the left side, a reverse seven with a short face on the right side, a line with two humps. Awesome. Thanks for describing those. I encourage our (laughs) listeners to go look them up as well. If you're really visual, like I'm so visual. Mm. So it's really helpful to have you describe it because then when I go looking for it, maybe I'll see a bunch of them and go, oh, I know that's the one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Think of the Brontosaurus one. I love it. Okay. So that's two. Yeah. Two. The third one is Han Chan's Shosen. And that one is the distance healing. Mm. And distance, we work a lot with time in Reiki. So distance not only means space, but it also means time. So if there was a point in your life where you had low energy or emotional judgment, you can go back to that memory and draw or visualize Han Shan Zishoshin over that space to bring more resolution to something that happened at an event in time. You can also. Yeah. Yeah. Epic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, also uh, physical distance and physical space. That's the one that you use to tune into, to make yourself aware of the vibration of someone else, just as if they were in the same room as you. Like the feeling of the warmth of a parental figure, if you enjoy a parental figure, or a best friend. Yeah. You know, like when you see them, or you're like... Or a chocolate bar. Ooh, Those yeah. things that get me excited. I'm like, candy! <laughs> exactly. That same <laughs> feeling that that brings into you, you can feel that without having the bar in your hand. Yeah. And that's what you're channeling uh, through that. That one looks like... It reminds me of a house. It looks like an asterisk on top of there. It looks like this one's t- pretty tough to describe because yeah. these are Japanese symbols. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of looks like a house built with a pointy top. 
Mm. Yeah, with a couple of sevens in there, there's more sevens. But again, it's a bit difficult to describe because it's characters. Yeah, totally. Okay, so we do have homework here, guys. (laughs) We got to go check these out. So that's the third. Yeah. The last one is Daikomio. And this one is my absolute favorite symbol because as a meditation teacher i'm all about awareness and enlightenment and this is the enlightenment symbol and enlightenment means bringing light to illuminating not that you're so wise or this incredible sage but really so that you're so aware of what's happening right now there are a lot of things that we're doing unconsciously I unconsciously got here. I was just driving and I wasn't aware how much pressure I was putting on the gas. I would, I just got here. But what Dicomio does is it brings as much presence to the entirety of my body, which causes often spontaneous healing. Because when we're aware of the constrictions that we're placing on ourselves, Dicomio is kind of like this freedom, freedom symbol that shows us enlightenment, illumination. It's my favorite symbol because... I use it every day on my child Artemis when they, yeah, when they go to bed so that they may sleep as an enlightened being, as a loving being. So it's one of my absolute favorite symbols. (laughs) Oh, that's so lovely. What a cool way to use it. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I definitely could benefit from all four of these. Let's be Mm. real. But especially that one, because I'm a very future oriented person. So I actually struggle to be present because Mm. I'm, I'm just so good at planning that it's almost... It's like many things that I think are a gift and a curse, right? Where uh-huh. I'm like, ooh, I can imagine that this is going to go this way and I can plan for it and have this whole epic plan in place. But at the same time, I'm like, well, when I'm thinking of what will be, am I really here to enjoy what is? Oh, yeah. yes. So that might be one I need you to write down for me for me to oh, start definitely. practicing with yeah, yeah. right away. I mean, honestly, all of them, I just watch me end up becoming like a Reiki master after this. <laughs> yeah. It's inevitable. After the plant allyship episode with freedom, I'm like all about the essential oils. So Ooh. really every episode I'm doing with a guest is just converting me to their way of being because <laughs> I just find it also endlessly fascinating. I mean, how could you not be fascinated by this even if you had never heard of it before? Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. I love it. I love it. So my next question for you is what brought you to become a Reiki master? Like Mm. what led you to this path? Yes. So I feel as though I've always been a healer, helping encourage an awareness of love within others. I started as a child. My grandfather's a Cherokee healer himself, and he taught me how to pull energy up from earth and from sky. So I was very accustomed with playing with energies from a young age and very, very sensitive also as a child. So I learned that from my grandfather, and then I started working with my mother a lot. I used to massage her feet every night, and I got fascinated with reflexology. I just got fascinated with how touching or affecting one area of the body could bring healing awareness to a completely different area that didn't even seem connected. As I continued to grow up, I was just always the guy in the break room massaging someone's shoulders or someone like that. I've just always felt this compulsion to help and to heal and to love people. So with that, I found that I was able to bring a lot of physical relief to people. If someone had tight shoulders, I could help them. If someone had a hurt knee, I could help them. And I was channeling energy while I was doing so, but it was primarily to remedy physical things. 
as I grew up, I saw that. Well, what about mental things? Sometimes people are plagued by their mind. What about soul or spiritual things? Sometimes people have traumas that cause blocks within their spiritual life. Reiki appeared to me because I was able to direct this abundance of energy that I seem to just carry and that I really want to share into areas and channels that can help people on more than just a physical basis. That's epic. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So when did you become a Reiki master the first time? Because mm -hmm. I know that you've got more than one that you use. Yeah. So at what age were you in like, oh, I'm going to do this Reiki now? Mm, that was four years ago. So that means I was 23 when I first discovered Reiki and when I first started working with it, before then I had used other healing modalities, but they weren't as specific as Reiki was. So I've been doing healing work for a while, but Reiki really didn't come into my life until four years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. You could have told me I was born a Reiki master and I would have believed you. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. It's just I was so born natural this way. for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I mean, that kind of is the truth, though, of your story is that you were born this way. Mm -hmm. You know, these are gifts that you always had, but you also had the opportunity. Someone had to have presented that with you or you went and found it yourself and you decided to actually go after it. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people have blocks around that where we grow up and we have these innate gifts and talents and skills and we don't ever actually develop them because mm. we're just. We're so conditioned by what's happening on the external and we're just so used to accepting the projections of others like, oh, yeah. I was raised by engineers, so I'm going to be an engineer. But it's like, no, bitch, I want to be an artist, <laughs> you know, but like, have I ever allowed myself to speak that? So it's beautiful that you felt that vibration and you were having that pull to go heal people. Yeah. And then you manifested this modality through which you could really do it in a whole new way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's really special and super cool. And I'm just so giddy that you're sharing uh, it with us. Yeah, it's, it's a, my passion. So I'm happy to find like a container for that. <laughs> what a beautiful passion. Oh, thank you. Because it benefits you, obviously, but it benefits all of us. Yeah. Like just having you here, I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling kind of healed right now. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong, but whatever it is, it's not here. <laughs> you know, I'm, oh. I'm at ease. Your presence is very easeful. Oh, thank you. Which is awesome. So stepping more into the magic of Reiki, and we've really kind of touched on this, but in case you want to elaborate, mm -hmm. how can Reiki help people heal? Ooh. And are there other uses? Mm, yes. So Reiki is definitely going to bring love, bring energy into your body, period. That's going to happen. It is going to heal you because it's bringing you into this conscious moment. It's bringing you in right now. There's a lot of unconscious programmings that we run, and those unconscious programmings can often remind us of an illness that we believe that we have. I felt bad yesterday. I'll probably feel bad today. That becomes, oh, this month is bad. That becomes this is an illness. And there are definitely certain biochemical problems that are not all illness is just based off of belief. Mm -hmm. But if you do have an ailment or an illness, Reiki is going to help that, period. Other uses for it is removing blocks like mental blocks. So if you're if you're in perfect shape, if you feel great, but you have a defeated mentality, it can really help with that. It can deal with inspiring qualities that you want to have, like courage or authenticity or truthfulness. There's even symbols for truth. Ooh. So, yeah. So also in adopting new qualities to change your character is a really wonderful way to use Reiki. 
Wow, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And another way that I'm curious about using Reiki mm-hmm. is can you use Reiki to manifest? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. <laughs> Absolutely. So I like to think of manifest as the two words. There's the man, which means in at least in the Hindu and Eastern philosophy, it's called hasta, which means hand. Mm. And that's the entomology behind man. Anyways, it's hand. It's the closed fist that holds something. And then fest, which is festival, the celebration. So when I think of manifestation, because often that word can get a lot of baggage, I oh, think yeah. of, yeah, for real. <laughs> I think of holding a celebration and a, a festival for something, not really creating uh, or um, creating something out of an egoic mind state, which that's my own baggage. Not everyone's going to have that, but I just like to say that out loud to remind myself what I'm talking about when I talk about manifesting. I love that. Oh, thank that you. It gives it so much clarity. So if I were to use Reiki to manifest something and i think an example that applies to a lot of people it doesn't Mm -hmm. apply to me currently Mm -hmm. because i'm lucky to have a a wonderful partner but i think a lot of folks who are single Mm -hmm. who really want to manifest a partner and have that loving relationship Mm -hmm. would they be able to use reiki to kind of like bring that person to them and attract that energy that they so deeply want to have absolutely because what reiki is going to do in terms of manifestation is it is going to identify the unconscious programming that you're already running and it's going to help you remove that block with Chokure. So you don't know what the block is yet or Greg doesn't know what the block is yet. Upon using Chokure on myself, I begin to remove that story that I continue to tell myself that I'm not worth a partner or that a partner is so difficult to find mm. or that all the good ones are taken. So good. This yeah. is so, yes. I've heard them all. I've heard all of this. I'm sure this is resonating with someone big time. It resonates with me and I'm not even in that boat, but I'm like, damn, I remember that boat. Yeah. And when you find those thought patterns and remove them, you begin to manifest in a way of finding alignment with your soul. So a lot of times we think of manifesting with our brain, of this is a sort of partner that I want, they're going to have these qualities. But in reality, we want someone a little bit different that may challenge us or that may not be everything that they want so that we can enjoy our differences and grow to learn something new. So when you think of manifesting and Reiki, I wouldn't think of this is exactly what I want and this is how Reiki is going to bring it to me. I would think of it as what is of my highest good and what can I do now to bring that highest good into light? So it might not be the partner that I have in my mind, the picture, but it's going to be the partner that brings me and them into the best unity, partnership, and truth. So I love Reiki and manifestation because often what is manifested through Reiki is something that is lasting, something that is beautiful, and something that is edifying in a way that is not just a momentary pleasure. It tends to be a lasting benefit. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. That question kind of brings this other question where Mm. have you used Reiki for manifestation in a way that you'd like to share what Mm. you manifested and that you were able to kind of connect the dots and go, oh my goodness, I was very intentional Mm. about tapping into this vibration and now here it is. Mm. Yes. Yes. Oh, I feel like I'm bragging, but this is a true story. (laughs) I love true stories. Brag away. Cool. So I was working in a job that I enjoyed, but that was not my passion. 
And I noticed that I continued to manifest these sorts of jobs for a monetary reason that I was so focused on, let me get a job that's going to pay my bills. I got to pay my bills. I really want to manifest a high paying job. That's so Capricorn, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, cool. Your Capricorn oh. sun is cute. <laughs> you got or it. Was, at least it was there at that point. It was shining through. <laughs> yeah. So it was a huge drive. It was a huge focus for me. I wanted to manifest a job that would showcase my healing abilities and provide for my family. Those are two non-negotiables for me. I want to do something out of that makes me happy eight hours a day, but I also want to pay the bills. So I start doing I started doing chokure on my mind so that I would release the mental attachment to money and that I would kind of tune more into what's going to fulfill my heart. Because if I find fulfillment and alignment traditionally, and it's of my belief, that that is going to be also what provides for my family as well. And then I did I did chokure on my mind and I did daikomio for enlightenment. So I brought whatever I'm doing, let me bring light to that. Let me bring authenticity to that so I don't have to be this cog in the machine of work so that I can still shine my individuality in whatever I do. And I let go of the outcome. I did that. It was for months, for sure. It was I was still trying to be as positive as I could be with my job. And blessedly, I manifested a job that is exactly my passion. I'm a meditation teacher now. That's actually what I do for a living. I'm also a life coach with a company that allows me to promote my beliefs around meditation and to help people. So I didn't even know that job was possible. I was doing chokeway on my mind. I saw an ad. I was like, this looks too good to be true. I'm definitely not going to get this. Put in my <laughs> application and boom, it happened. And that's how I viewed it as manifestation because it didn't feel like, oh, I, this exact job is what I wanted. I wanted my soul to find the job and I feel like it did. So that's probably one of my like most flashy stories that it brought me to the place where I work now. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. And I also mm -hmm. think that there's a piece of clarity there mm -hmm. where you have to be able to tap into not just the structure of like, I want to have a job and it's in this part of town and this yeah. is the type of job. Like it's so specific, but to have the clarity of, I want to feel like I am excited to be here. Mm. Like I am energized about the work that I'm doing and that I'm doing work that really matters. Mm -hmm. And those things are actually pretty fucking vague mm. but then it the universe responded to your energy with that clarity that you had and then the reiki on top of it was just like mm -hmm. compounding yeah. your ability to magnetize that towards yourself mm -hmm. which is amazing yeah like so cool i'm yeah. like how could you be listening to this episode and not be like i'm gonna go fucking write some reiki symbols down i gotta Do go it. down this rabbit hole youtube where you at greg we gotta connect like this is this is magic right here I'm all about it. What a cool story. I'm so glad oh. that you shared that. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you for asking. I have not shared that story. So. It really resonates. Oh. And it gets me even more excited about Reiki. Oh, cool. So I know that Reiki can be used on yourself, on the other, or on the earth. And mm. I'm curious what using Reiki on the earth can mm. do for our planet. And if mm. you have any personal experiences around that to share. Yes, absolutely. I love doing Reiki on the earth. Uh, what 
makes us, if you think about it, what really influences us. We have a lot of willpower on our own. We can adopt characteristics and drive our life a certain way. But think about the environment that you're in. If you're in a really negative environment, no matter how positive or loving you are, it is going to bring you down. So if you do Reiki on the earth, especially where you live or where you work, you're changing your environment. So instead of going into that convenient shop that feels sketchy, you sit there, you do Reiki on a while, day after day after day, you might get there and you might change the vibration. The cashier might smile at you. So doing Reiki on the earth changes your environment. And when you're in a more comfortable environment, you're better able to tune into that inner voice to feel safe. When you feel safe, then a lot of beautiful things happen. Wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to the beach, people love to write things on the beach. Like, what if you wrote a Reiki symbol into the beach? Yes. Is that one way to, like, direct Reiki to the earth is, like, I'm drawing this symbol into the sand? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's showing Mother Earth that you care, too, that you're not taking her for granted, that you're present. And we're connected to the earth. We breathe the air from the trees. The trees breathe from us. We all are connected here. So when you do, when you write Reiki symbols on the sand or on a tree or envision it, in mud or anything like that. What you're doing is you're really connecting to Earth. You're honoring this planet that small and as simple as that may sound, it has a really profound effect. That's the feeling that you get if you're religious when you go into your religious building. That's a feeling that you get when Carrie finds a chocolate. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's that feeling of entering almost a sacred space, but instead of a building or a destination being that, you are creating that sacred space. I love that. And I'm definitely going to be inscribing a Reiki symbol into the next like piece of chocolate I eat. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) should be interesting. I've been into chocolate covered pretzels, though, and I don't know how that's going to work out. It might be kind of. But, you know, maybe a pretzel in and of itself is very similar to a Reiki symbol. I don't know. I can take this off the deep end. This whole episode could turn easily could turn into my love for chocolate and sugar very quickly. Things that I low key live for. Uh I can't help it. It's just part of who I am. Cocoa comes from the earth, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Can I get a hallelujah? Because that is the fucking truth. I it really I just love the earth that's yeah. what it comes down to you strip it down to the basics and some people were like she really likes chocolate and I'm like but where did it yeah where did it come from there we go so so good or should I say so good somebody stop me all right so my next question is one that I have to ask because I mm. love dogs mm. so I'm curious about how you can use Reiki on animals uh, is that a thing yes Animals are a wonderful source. Their answer is, in my experience, 100% always a yes. They love physical interaction. They love touch. I have a bit of a sombering story. When I was growing up, as I mentioned, I was always playing with energy. And one of our dogs got hit by a car. My grandfather my grandfather accidentally ran over a dog named Cupcake. Ah. I know. It was... One of the saddest, I'm I'm an adult now and I still remember it and still it gets me in the heart. It was very sad to see. And Cupcake is whimpering. I'm feeling bad. I don't know what to do. I just want to help the pain to stop. It was very traumatic for both of us. So I pick up Cupcake, which really surprised me that he didn't bite me or anything like that because he was obviously in a lot of pain. I put my hands on him and we just looked in each other's eyes. And instead of whimpering, 
we just connected and I wasn't, I didn't know Reiki at that time, but I was pouring Reiki into Cupcake. And the most striking part about that was when he transitioned off in the, the next planet, his eyes changed from brown to blue. And Whoa. I know that's always stuck with me. I do. I feel like I carry a dog spirit with me from that. I don't know if that's normal for dogs eyes. I haven't looked that up, but that's been my experience. And I believe, and based off of Cupcake's behavior, I do feel as though his pain was eased just by energy. That's from energy from Reiki specific. I had another miniature schnauzer. His name was Prince. I've had him since I already went my Reiki attunement. Beautiful, beautiful dog. Sadly, he got riddled with tumors. And two years ago, he transitioned as well. And through his last years of life, every day I would do Reiki on him. He wouldn't be able to get out of his bed in the mornings. And after our Reiki ceremonies, he would get up and be able to use the bathroom. He would be stuck in his bed. Then from the afternoon when I got back home from work, again, lay my hands on him, he'd be able to go eat dinner. So that's my subjective perception. But I do feel as though based off of Prince's movements and how he interacted with me and just the vast change in his energy, I feel as though Reiki was super, super beneficial. I don't know what I would have done if I wouldn't know Reiki for him because that was tough to see as well. And it seemed to, in all the dogs that I've done it on, really, really improved birds as well. They love it. So that's, I didn't mean to make it like heavy, but it's helped with pain for sure and brought mm. more easiness in the pets in my life. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And I feel like it's so true that animals are really receptive yeah. to energy. Because growing up, I had lots of pets. Mm. And I had one dog in particular, Courtney. Rest oh. in peace. We love you, Angel. Oh. Such a sweetie. And she was special for a lot of reasons because I actually mm. raised her from birth. Because oh. we had her mom. So I was there the moment she was born. Oh. So I really had a close connection with her and she was super sensitive to energy. So if I come home from school and I had a bad day mm -hmm. and I get home, she just like immediately could sense oh. that I was like not in a good place, you know, and then either come to comfort me or, OK, I'm going to back off. This bitch is crazy, you know, <laughs> like whatever it was, yeah. the reception of that energy, which let's be honest, at like teenage version of me could not control any of that energy. It was just like pouring out of me at all times. But it was a really cool connection. So I think. Being interested in Reiki, that's something that I would be pulled to do would be to do it mm. on an animal. And I guess with an animal, you can't really ask for consent. Mm. But an animal, I feel like just by it coming to you, that would be the act of consent, probably. You're absolutely correct. When you, you feel it. So that's when you tune into your feelings. They won't speak our language. But if you connect with a dog, animal, snake, anything, and it vibes with your energy... I've always understood that as consent as them wanting to be close to us because animals are a lot wiser than we are a lot of the times and they know what's happening. They can feel the energy and they can see things that we can't see. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And that answers my question. So thank you. Woo! <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Reiki in real life, which all mm. of this has been in real life, but that mm. sounded like a fun segment name. So here we are. <laughs> I'd love to connect all the dots and transition us into talking about it from the lens of day to day. Mm. One thing that's really taken off in the 21st century is social media. Mm. And the use of apps like Instagram has created a huge comparison vacuum. Mm. Do you have any Reiki tips or tricks for folks who are scrolling through social media 
looking to leave the app feeling better instead of feeling worse. Mm, yes. Reiki is primarily symbol-based. That means it is a picture or a sigil. It's a symbol. We all know what those are, but imagine when you're going through Instagram or Facebook or any sort of app, what are you seeing? You're seeing pictures, which are symbols of something. I observed within myself when I was scrolling through these sorts of apps that a lot of judgments came up within me that, oh, that person bought their followers. That person has that body because they're malnourishing themselves. I could totally look like that if I could afford whatever. So relatable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not alone in that at all. <laughs> they have their beautiful house and vacation spot because they're terrible people, really, and they're taking advantage of someone. Just the, the worst thoughts about people. And I noticed that the symbol of success that I was observing, I was pushing away. So what I've started to do is when I look at the symbols and the pictures of any sort of comparison based or when people are celebrating their quote unquote best parts of their life, when they're showcasing that, that if I change my energy into wishing them well to saying that's what success or happiness or joy looks like for that person. And I believe that we're all connected. So if I start to wish badly upon them, what does that tell my subconscious? It tells my subconscious that I don't want their level of success or happiness or flexibility or body or followers. That when I see that, I think that it was attained from bad, quote unquote, means. And mm -hmm. that means that I will also not be able to achieve what they're showcasing that anyone can achieve. So... I started liking those sorts of posts. I started commenting and truly getting into my heart and wishing them well. So anytime before I pick up my phone, a really great thing to do is say hey key over it, especially when we're looking because when we're seeing these success symbols in others, it's often an emotional constriction within us of being like, oh man, maybe they're just, maybe I'm not good enough. They're better than me and... I'm just, if I was as smart as them, I'd be doing it. So there's something wrong with me. But when we see that and say, that's what's attainable, that's something that I can do. That's something, they're, they're shedding a light, they're illuminating this. Then it's better for everyone because then you're putting into your subconscious, this is okay to have. I can have this. It's okay that I don't have it now, but I'm happy that they have it. And you're going to start adopting behaviors and patterns that are going to push you towards that same thing. So for any sort of social media stuff that causes constriction, if it's something uh, something you don't agree with even, or something that you that is legitimately wrong according to your moral compass, allowing yourself to view it and be in a sense of emotional balance is really, really helpful, rather than just responding out of outrage or jealousy. So if you don't know Reiki, and if you're like, oh, I don't really want to know Reiki, how can I still use energy in real life, simple peace sign. Simple instead of you might still judge with your mind, but just throw up the peace sign at that photo, keep scrolling. That'll help as well. Or I like to flip my phone backwards and do the peace sign on the back of my phone. And that's where, you know, your legit, your two fingers, it's that simple. So you remind yourself before you even look at your phone, I'm coming at a place from peace and balance. Anything else that I see is not going to affect my own self-worth, my own balance. And it's a powerful practice for me. 
I'm definitely going to have to try that out. Yeah. Too. For some reason, it made me think of, and I don't know if you guys have seen this online, but there was somebody who posted a picture of a guy. His hand was outside of his truck as he was driving by and he had a thumbs down. Oh. And the person was like, yeah, I made a mistake on the road. And for the first time, instead of flipping me off, Someone gave me a thumbs down. Oh. And so I didn't react like, what the fuck? Fuck you. And like oh. want to flip him off. I actually, I, it made me better at driving mm. because he gave me like discouragement of what I did, but not mm. in the way that it's usually given to me, which feels yeah. really overwhelming because we use symbols all the time, all day, yeah. everywhere. And like flipping someone off is one of those symbols that like really triggers us and like usually we kind of flip someone off back or we get angrier and then we maybe if we did cut them off or something then we're now we're cutting other people off because we're pissed off and so i saw someone post that this was actually a long time ago Mm -hmm. and i never forgot it because i thought you know if somebody does quote does me wrong on the road Mm -hmm. or something then i i'd like to respond with a thumbs down instead of a middle finger myself because i'm still communicating like hey i didn't appreciate that Mm -hmm. in a sense but it's not an attack. It's actually, it almost feels like more par- parental yeah. of like, hey, that wasn't the way that we do this. Mm-hmm. That's not great. You shouldn't do that. I love it. It doesn't that. feel so intense or like so invasive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to use that actually. That's yeah. super cool. <laughs> yeah. Not, like, it's not my origin, but uh, I felt compelled to share it. <laughs> it feels like much, a much softer Gentler, way to respond. Yeah. 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 And that person wasn't, you know, they just didn't respond angrily. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, when you accidentally do something like that and driving, I think, is one of those things that can get mm-hmm. heated so quickly. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you feel so bad <laughs> yeah. when someone flips you off and you're like, oh, my God, I'm wrong. But it does trigger you to have more of an emotional response. So that that's an interesting way to, to shift that. Mm-hmm. Symbols, man, they're everywhere. They really are. Yeah. You can't avoid them. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of the internet we're Mm. in an age of heightened anxiety Mm. and especially social anxiety you throw in people navigating months of quarantine and a global pandemic and even folks who are as outgoing as i am are struggling with socializing and the social anxiety that comes with it Mm. are there any reiki practices that you would recommend for someone who's dealing with anxiety Mm. especially in a social setting since that includes an energy transfer Mm. Yes, that's a beautiful question and a really important question too. Reiki and anxiety, absolutely. I like to view anxiety from kind of the vantage point of one of my favorite philosophers, Kierkegaard, who said that anxiety is the dizziness of freedom. So when I think about anxiety in that sense, anxiety is also so much energy and so much movement within you. It's saying, I have to do this thing, that thing, or the other thing. Or all of these options are too daunting. Or I don't know what to do. I just feel so much. What to do with that energy? Where is it going to go? It's still within us day after day. So channeling that energy into something like a symbol is important. Chokure is a great symbol for anxiety, as as Seheki. But if you're not interested in learning Reiki... Channeling that energy into an expression is also helpful. So if you think of anxiety, it often, in my experience, hasn't been talked about as energy. But if you export that energy to a project that's ready to accept it, you often can resolve it. That could be dancing. That could be painting. That could be making a symbol of your anxiety. Honor it. 
So instead of getting rid of it or solving or squishing it or destroying your anxiety, now I'm so peaceful. Use it. Use that exact anxiety to create something to honor anxiety. Maybe it's a symbol of your own making that says this is what anxiety looks like within me. It's a painting or whatever. So I like to honor the anxiety as much as I can. I make the mistake also of being like, oh, I need to get rid of this. I can't be anxious. But it's in you for a reason and it wants to go someplace, but we don't know where to channel it yet. So making a symbol to honor it is a way that I use to transmit anxiety. I do a lot of ceremonies and before then there are a lot of people there and I'm like, I've got to perform. I've got to show up today because these people are expecting something. I don't want to mess up. And with that, I bring that back into myself. I use my own symbols and I push that energy into a space that's ready to accept them. So it's no longer within me. Now it's within the arc of that seiheiki or it's in the Japanese symbol of daikomio. It's no longer within me. It's going to serve a different purpose. So it's actually really helpful and healing to transmute that into something. Wow, that's mm -hmm. awesome. What a cool practice too and an idea to sit down intentionally and to create art and you don't have to be an artist to mm -hmm. create art. I think that's so important to speak over and over again because mm -hmm. people shy away from like, I can't draw cause I am not a good drawer. And it's like, why? Because you don't draw. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Okay? Yeah. The reason you're quote, not a good drawer is cause you're not drawing. Mm. Like that's how people become good at these things. Yeah. So like taking all that judgment out and allowing yourself just to create and put onto paper, whether that's just like a pencil or you get out some like coloring pencils yeah. or you are, maybe you are painting mm -hmm. and to express what does the anxiety look like yeah. so you can release it. Like that's super cool. Yeah. I love that idea. And oh, I'm definitely going to try that out the next time I'm feeling anxious. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. We are nearing the end here. So I've mm. got some quick wrapping up questions Ooh. for you. This one I love to ask everybody. And oh. I know that you're a person who has a lot of different rituals, so you can yeah. take this really any direction that you please. Mm -hmm. But what kinds of daily rituals or practices do you use in your life? Mm. What are they and why do you use them? Okay. I do an hour's worth of daily rituals every day. So I do have quite a few of them. I'll rattle them off. So I've got uh, energy healing, which is Muneki and Reiki. I use these energy healing modalities to check what sort of energy I'm showing up with so I don't get anxious, so I don't get depressed, a vacuum of energy, so that I can show up every day with love and with presence. So I do that to direct the journey of that day. I do yoga every day to make sure that my body is willing to handle this energy. If my body is tight, if my body is already constricted and closed off, then my purpose, my passion, my love will not flow the way that is most conducive to love. And I want to love as efficaciously as I can. So I use yoga to get in touch with my body. I use a couple different magic uh, rituals as well. I'd love to talk more about that in the future. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think most importantly, without fail, every single day I meditate. Meditation is the foundation of all of my practices. And meditation is sometimes a bit scary to people. I don't want to do it. That sounds boring. I've got to sit down. I'd like to destigmatize that. And just but a moment, meditation is becoming familiar with the contents of your mind. So astrology, that is a beautiful meditation. You're finding archetypes and characteristics of planets and identifying with them to how you relate to those characteristics and how you can use them to navigate this journey called life. You're becoming familiar with them. 
So if meditation is intimidating to you, become familiar with something externally first if you want. And then when you're less intimidated by that external thing that you're familiar with, that could be podcasting. That could be, as we spoke about art, that could be dancing. When you become more familiar with it, check back in with yourself. How do I respond when someone flips me off or gives me the thumb down? How do I respond when I see that successful person on Instagram? Why do I always respond that way? That is what meditation is doing. It doesn't need to be sitting in lotus for hours at a time with no thoughts running through your mind. It can actually be a very direct thought. Why am I behaving the way that I am behaving? And not in a sense of judgment of I'm behaving wrong, but once you're familiar with it, oh, I get mad at people that I see that are successful because I judge myself for not being successful. Can I change that judgment of myself? Yes. <gasps> I'm more familiar with myself. Now mm. when I see successful people, I no longer judge them because the definition of success has changed within my mind. So it was a bit of a tangent, but i that's my absolute favorite practice because once you're able to understand your primary response to all of the stimulus in the world, you're able to be more present with all of those responses rather than reacting out of your unconscious mind. So meditation is by far my favorite practice. I love that. And I love that you destigmatize some of that stuff too. And yeah. what a great way to integrate everything we talked about yeah. in this episode as well, because <laughs> meditation is, it's so much of a witnessing of what's here. Yeah. And all of those things that we discussed throughout this episode are things that are here. Mm-hmm on this planet with us yeah fuck it's weird right <laughs> it's a weird experience we could have manifested onto any planet but for some reason we're on this one chose earth <laughs> we're supposed to be here aren't we yeah <laughs> another question i love to ask Ooh. is do you have a affirmation or a mantra that is really resonating with you right now mm. what is it and why yes so my mantras are kind of funny because they come in questions mm. as well as for affirmations. For the first half of my life, I always ask myself, who am I? And I love, I love hugs. So what I like to do is when I'm hugging someone, I ask, who am I? Who am I to this person? Who is this person to me? Who, who am I within this person? Who is that person within me? So that helps me not judge. That helps me really look at who am I now? Like, am I being a parent right now? Am I being a friend? Like, who am I really? And that's really helped direct me a lot. What I'm using currently is where am I? Because mm. I've gotten more comfortable with who I am I, and expressing who I am through asking myself. It's a really wonderful practice. I encourage everyone to try that at least once a day. Ask, who am I? And when you get more comfortable with that, what I've shifted into is, where am I? Because then I'm able to even be more present when I find out this is this is the container that I am. This is the experience that I'm having with these loved ones that I'm with. So how am I showing up to this experience? Am I showing up with the drive that I'm using for something else? Or am I really being present here? And it re just reminds me always really to be present. So that's probably my favorite one. Um, I love affirmations. I don't have a one that I'm using besides really, where am I? <laughs> yeah. What a cool way to answer that question. <laughs> I've never had anybody answer that question with a question and I love it. Ooh. It was also very the who am I, mm -hmm. especially in uh, unity with another person and who am I within this person and they within me yeah. is like the most Libra moon thing you could have said. Oh, really? I love that. That's always balancing the scales and really having mm -hmm. such a 
an innate desire to connect with people on the level of like understanding where they're coming from and where you're coming from and the convergence of those energies. Mm. That's just a beautiful Libra librarian librarian. What is the plural <laughs> of Libra? I need a Libra to tell me what the plural of Libra is. Is it li Libra? I cannot, guys. I cannot. This is some other... I'm going to have to do some homework on that. I mean, what is the plural of any signs? I'm a Sagittarius. Is, is it Sagittarii? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Welcome, Sagittarian. Oh, Sagittarian. Capricorn. What's yours? Is Capricorni? Capricornies. Capricorni. Capricornile? I don't know, I don't guys. Know. This is going to get real weird. But I really appreciate that. And I can also connect that to hmm. the major arcana in tarot for you real quick. Ooh. So the first line in the major arcana mm -hmm. is uh, leading up to the chariot in that first chunk of it, the first line, because we said that there are three lines. You're really thinking about who mm -hmm. am I? Oh. The second line, when you're getting up to temperance, which is the 14th card, yeah. chariot is the seventh. Uh -huh. The Up to that 14th card, that next line, that next seven yeah. is where am I? What? Yeah. And what? not all tarot readers think of it this way, but that's how I think of it. Oh. Yeah. So that's okay. a cool thing that you, as you were saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes me think of tarot. Whoa. And then the third line, so this might uh -huh. be a fun thing for you to try, Oh yeah. is why am I? Oh, it's the rebirth because we're thinking of life, uh -huh. death and rebirth. And those are the three lines oh of the major goodness. arcana. So um, who am I? Where am I? Why am I? Oh, my. You just gave me my my next month, Teresa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Why am I? Mm. I was really wondering what my next one's going to because I feel like at stages of my life, I'm just like, this is what I'm rocking every day. And why am I is going to be my new one. Oh, cool. Thank yeah. you. That's so cool. And I hadn't really made that connection in that way till right now where I myself really put the pieces together oh. of thinking. Because I tend to think about things in... I'm such a systems person for some reason. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I tend to think of things in like this is this chunk. So when I'm focusing on the first line, I'm yeah. really thinking about who am I. But I'm not saying it in a fluid like uh, one, two, three. Uh -huh. Like that, I don't usually think of the big picture of the whole encompassing of that and of course that's uh, that's uh -huh. 22 cards or 78 i mean that we could take this way deeper with tarot and Whoa. that's a whole different episode in and of itself i'm sure but what a cool reflection that you gave me that helped me dig oh. that out for both of us to enjoy and all of our listeners to Whoa. enjoy as well <laughs> that's so cool collaboration it's the best how epic so finishing up here i would love to give you some rapid fire questions Ooh, nice so these nice. are super fun they're super quick and okay. there's no such thing as a wrong answer cool and i haven't adapted them since the last couple times i've done them so i might be making some adaptions in the near future especially based on answers that i've gotten from folks going through these questions ah. which have been very insightful so Ooh. you can respond with one of the two things it's a this mm -hmm. or that okay or you can say neither Mm. Or you can say both, mm. or you can get creative and give me a totally different answer. Oh, snap. And that's also welcome. Okay. So go with your gut. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. New moons or full moons? New moons. That's the death, correct? Um, the death is a no moon? I would say that the new moon is a birth. Ooh. Because it's a new chapter. It is okay. the darkest day. The seed has been planted and it is rooted. Ooh. And at the full moon, we release. Ooh, then full moon. You mm. schooled me on moons. So <laughs> thank you. Maybe it's my moon tattoo speaking through me. Oh, <laughs> How about Sunday or Saturday? Uh, Capricorn, Saturn's Day. Saturn's Day. Yeah. Love it. 
Incense or candles? Incense. Lovely. Uh. Beaches or mountains? Ooh, Capricorn mountains. Gotta climb that mountain. <laughs> that is so Capricorn. I love it. Tarot cards or oracle decks? Oh my golly. Uh, I would say, hmm, tarot. Yeah, tarot. Yeah. Love it. Morning person or night owl? Mm, I'm an early riser. I get up at like four, so morning. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. I hope that's, I'm tapping into that energy and I can wake up earlier tomorrow because damn, I love to sleep. Okay. How about read a book or listen to a podcast? Mm, listen to a podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Phone calls or text messages? Phone calls, queen. I love it. Yeah. And the voice memos. They're yes, everything. Yes. Like, we are both on the voice memo. Like, that is the thing. I'm all about it. Yeah. They're super funny, too, when you accidentally send one too quick. <laughs> I love that. It just gives it more humor and more character. Yeah. How about crystal gems or crystal balls? Mmm. Ooh. I don't have any crystal balls, so crystal gems. Nice. Yeah. You might need to get a crystal ball. Yeah. I don't have a crystal ball either yet. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I used to have a black mirror that you could like reflect into, Ooh. and it was really, really cool, but I spooked mm. myself out because I was a teenager, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh my god, what if there's something evil in here, and I'm like uh -huh. not, what if I'm like, you know, interacting with like some energy that I shouldn't be or something, so I eventually yeah. got rid of it, and I... I've always wondered what happened to that mirror. Ooh. I don't know. Do you want a black mirror? Maybe. I have one. Do Wait, you want what? It? Yeah. That's epic. I legit have one. Really? In my purse. Yeah. Oh my God. What if it was my mirror? Like, what <laughs> if it made it to you? That's crazy. Yeah. My friends were freaked out. Really? Yeah. I was in Idaho. People don't do that shit in Idaho. Oh. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I went, I was into tarot and everything too. Not to the extent that I am now. Shamelessly. I, there was a lot more shame around it because I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. You know, all my friends are like, let's go to Abercrombie and Fitch. And I'm like, y'all, I did not fit those jeans. I'm not going in there, okay? That is not for me. The smell is overwhelming. I'm going to go to the witch store instead. See you later. That was my vibe. And that's where I got that. That's amazing. Whoa. How bizarre that you actually know what that is. Yeah. Because Okay, so technically you have a crystal ball. Really? Oh, I mean, crystal ball? I mean, it kind of is, oh, right? Because it's, it's the same divination type. Oh. I mean, I don't know a lot about it because I only true. had it for the chapter until I freaked myself out thinking uh -huh. that you know, I just thought I didn't have enough insight to use it. And I was like, uh -huh. what if I'm doing something bad oh. and I don't know? And so uh -huh. I think I like donated it to Goodwill. What a fucking oh. weird thing to find a Goodwill. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my God. If you have my exact Black Mirror, I am going to like, I'm going to lose my mind. And then you throw in like the TV show Black Mirror and things start getting oh, really complicated, right? Yes. And like the connection yes. to phones and yeah, this is its whole own episode. Another one. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I love it. Okay, so I have one more question for you. Ooh, okay. Coffee or tea? Tea. Tea. Yes. Do you have a favorite yes. kind of tea? Oh, uh, loose leaf, pretty much. I love, it's called, it's not peppermint, it's not spearmint, Moroccan mint. Ooh. Moroccan mint tea is the bee's knees. It's delicious. It's my favorite tea. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to have to give that a taste. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a coffee person personally, but... Oh. I feel like if I got good at Reiki that I could Reiki my tea to give Ooh. me more energy. <laughs> yes. And maybe that would like make me more of a tea person. Ooh. I don't it's a know. Good move. We'll see. T stay tuned. We'll cover that in the next one. All right. So this is my last question. Of mm. course, this is the Soulful of It podcast. Oh. So I always like to ask my guests, what are mm. you soulful of Ooh. right now? I am so full of purpose. Purpose is the direction of my energy. So mm. this has been all about energy. I'm full of energy. 
And through my life, I've struggled with directing it into certain places. And I'm really blessed that at this point and time in my life, I feel like that I have a really wonderful purpose to that energy. So that's what I'm so full of. Ah, what a wonderful answer. <laughs> Thank you. And also very Capricornian. With Ooh. that Sagittarius rising, because it's very directive oh, to snap. have a purpose to get defined on those things like... Whoa. Very awesome. I want you to like astrology me because like you're we like, We can oh. definitely make that happen. <laughs> oh, cool. That'll be really fun. I love that. I, It's hard too because sometimes I'll hear people's sun, moon, and rising. And then as we're talking about things, I'm like, but I need to see your chart. <laughs> like, wait, where is Venus? What's the aspect? You can freak people out real fast or get them excited. It really uh -huh. depends on the person. Oh, I'm but I'm that person where I'm like, but what time were you born? And people are like, this is weird. And I'm like, it's it's not that weird. I'm an astrologer, which is kind of weird. But you know what? It's good to be weird. We need more weird people in this world. Is be fearlessly weird. Be fearlessly weird. I have a question for you. Love it. Is like AM versus PM. I was born 527 AM. Do you find within the astrology world that early morning people are different? Well, it's, it influences the house setup for oh. you. So I would say rather than being an AM or PM birth, and I'm yeah. sure that there are astrologers who have very strong feelings on this, but my feeling on it would actually be looking at your birth chart. Mm -hmm. Do you have a majority of planets above the horizon oh. or below the horizon? Because your midhaven is going to be the highest point in the sky, mm -hmm. high noon, oh, versus okay. the IC, which is going to be the lowest point in the sky. So if you oh. have a majority of planets above versus below that's going to have a big influence on how you show up in the world oh, and so snap. that's based on the exact time that you're born which isn't necessarily going to change well, i mean it will change depending on if you're am and, or pm yeah but it's not like all am have this or all pm have this it's oh. going to be very unique to you Whoa. so as an astrologer i would look for where are the majority of your planets and some people mm -hmm. actually a good handful of people i mean the charts that i've seen mm -hmm. have a, a balance of planets above the horizon and below the horizon oh. i'm a person who the majority of my planets are above the horizon oh. which pretty much means that i can't hide shit <laughs> like people know who i am where i am what i'm up to oh. there's no hiding it oh. which i mean especially because i'm a loud person too where i'm like let's do this and it's just like people are like we're in a fucking church calm down which do not ever say calm down to a sagittarius because they will lose Ooh. their shit <laughs> They go. They very quickly go from I was calm to I was calm, and now I'm not calm at all. And it's like you—that's a side of me you don't want to see. I think I've tempered it for the most part, but like it's still there. It's the fire. Uh -huh. I can't hide it, but I can't hide shit. That's so true of me. Uh -huh. Versus like I have friends who have a majority below the horizon. Yeah. And so for them, if they have a job that's very public, let's say that you were a reporter mm -hmm. or something on TV all the time, it might feel really out of alignment for you, uh -huh. and you might actually be like feeling more fulfilled in a job where you're more behind the scenes. Oh. And like, if those things are off for you, that's mm -hmm. something that an astrologer can kind of help you identify. Oh, which Whoa. is cool. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, cool. So I feel like I kind of answered your question, but yeah, I kind of took it to a different place, <laughs> which of course I did. It's very me to do. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming. I'm so stoked to have had you on this episode. This mm. has just been such a natural flow and so easy to talk to you. And oh. I, I know that anybody who listens to this episode is going to walk away with so much more knowledge. Even the folks who are Reiki masters mm. themselves are going to gain mm. something out of this. And I'd love for you to share with people how folks can connect with you. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie. And yeah. you can connect with me on Instagram. I'm Greg Yogi. That's Greg with two G's. G-R-E-G-G-Y-O-G-I. And you can also, you can email me. We can talk. I'm a long-winded person. 
And uh, you can email me at GG Hendrix, like Jimmy, H E N D R I X, at gmail.com. And I'd love to talk with you and speak with you and connect with you. And you also have a podcast. Yes, it's called The Native Awakenings. You can find that on iTunes. You can find that on Spotify, all the podcasting platforms. It's primarily meditation-based. So I want to share meditation with the world. It's a passion of mine, but I do some interviews too as well. And yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun time. That's awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to link that in our show notes. So it'll be easy ah. for folks to find you, but also on my Instagram at soulfulofit, I will be having links to Greg. I'll tag him in posts. I'll make it as easy Mm. as possible for you to connect with him and if for some reason you get lost along the way you can always reach out to me and i'm happy to direct you towards his energy which i mean what a gift in every way so i really can't say thank you enough for joining me greg it has been so much fun to collaborate with you and i'm already excited for the next one oh i'm so excited thank you you are amazing host i feel so comfortable within this space it's weird having a microphone up to my and me answering the questions rather than asking them it's (laughs) i'm not in the position ever so um thank you so much for everything that you've done i'm a huge fan it's an honor to be here and i'm just so thankful so thank you awesome well we will catch you guys next time on the next episode and until then i hope y'all have a soulful day wonderful (laughs) we did it Woo!